What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago, what are the flood and heat risks facing Chicagoans? Simone Biles shows out in Hoffman Estates, and we've still got plenty of summer left to enjoy. Block Club Chicago's Mina Bloom and WBEZ's Patrick Smith are here to talk about it all. It's Friday, August 11th. I'm Simona Licea in for Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago's talking about. Patrick Mina, welcome back to CityCast Chicago. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much. Before we get into what happened this week, I feel like this is a good time to check in on how our summers have been. You know, Patrick, what what was the maybe the best thing you've done so far this summer? Or do you have a late summer uh, sort of activity that you're looking forward to? You know what? I feel like Mina and I uh, always make the most out of summer and pack them uh, pretty full, which I always by the end of summer, I'm like, we, should, we did too much. I, I went I didn't get any <laughs> relaxing time in. So I have a lot of things to choose from, but I'm going to say. Uh, it was only a few weeks ago I did some uh, swimming off the Montrose Harbor Pier and mm-hmm. some night swimming. Mm-hmm. The mu- moon looked beautiful. There were fireworks that oh, night, yeah. you know, the city in the background. And so I had, you know, we, we went on some trips and did some fun stuff. But that sort of moment of being in Lake Michigan at night with a beautiful moon and skyline felt like a, a perfect summer moment. That sounds beautiful. And also like, oh, what like a what like a city pride moment, right? <laughs> to like have all those things happening at once. I love that. Mina, what's the what's the best thing you've done this summer? Oh no, Patrick kind of stole mine. <laughs> um, I love Miko's Italian Ice a lot. So mm-hmm. anytime that I've been able to get Miko's this summer has just been like just perfect summer moment for me. They have a few locations. We live near the Logan Square location and it just, I just love it so much. It just, whenever they open for the summer, I'm like just so excited because it's the, it's the most perfect summer treat. I have not had any Italian ice this summer and I'm like realizing in real time how unfortunate, like I feel like I've made. There's still time. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think my favorite thing I did this summer is I um, I took a stargazing trip to Michigan uh, to try to see the Milky Way. And I did. And it was amazing. Uh, wow. And I, I'm i never driving through Indiana again. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Chicago's the best. That's all. We can all agree on that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We'll just, we'll just leave it at that. Well, getting into what happened in Chicago this week and some great reporting that's come out this week. Uh, Mina, I wanted to start with you uh, to highlight uh, something else that we've been thinking about all summer, which is flooding and rain. Uh, WBEZ had a report sort of uh, assessing the risk of, of flooding as uh, sort of climate change continues to impact our, our, weather, pat- our weather patterns. Um, tell us about that. What did we learn? Yeah, so BEZ, 
ABC put out this really interesting story this week that I felt like really answers a lot of questions that I had and a lot of people in Chicago had after we had those really extreme storms in July. FEMA uses these flood maps to um, communicate flood risk in in communities across the country, um, but those flood maps are very incomplete. So what essentially um, the maps only focus on coastal and riverine flood flooding, but not this other kind of flooding that's most common in Chicago and other cities. And so the BZ article, um, which is citing this nonprofit that, that tracks climate risk, they're saying, you know, Cook County actually has the second highest hidden flood risk in the country, which I thought was really interesting. They said that um, roughly 172,000 properties in Cook County have a high risk of flooding, and that's about eight times more than what these FEMA maps show. So essentially, like FEMA has these maps that are supposed to help us determine, you know, where where there's the most flooding risk. And those maps just don't really paint paint that complete picture. And then on top of that, as we've a lot of us have learned, Patrick and I included, um, although we had a bit of a different situation, uh, a lot of Chicagoans don't have insurance that covers the type of flooding that typically happens in Chicago, like like we had in July, uh, because the standard the standard homeowner um, package doesn't include doesn't cover flooding unless you have like a specific flooding policy. So I I just thought this the story really summed up a lot of questions. Like I said that that a lot of us were having at that time. This is one of those stories I think, and we this comes up a lot on the show where. It's like we finally have a story that has numbers and figures and metrics attached to an experience that I think a lot of Chicagoans would say, yeah, of course, we're at high risk for flooding. My basement floods every year. My neighbor's basements flood every year. Like it is certainly a story that I have heard a lot from Chicagoans that that flooding is a huge issue. And like we know that that the city is constantly warning about it. We know that the the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District is constantly putting out like, hey, don't do your don't do your dishes right now. Don't do your uh, you know, don't do your laundry right now because we are in these heavy rains. But this is like finally seeing that, like, no, there's a there's an actually a risk here that is common, but is under assessed and under and not noticed very well. Having those numbers and the map to kind of back it up, um, you hope will maybe get some some sort of policy attention on this, get something, some kind of attention on this that that will lead to change. Uh, Patrick, another story that a lot of folks were talking about this week, a really uh, tragic story involving a shooting death of a child in the Portage Park neighborhood. Can you just kind of catch us up on what happened and and why this uh, sort of struck a nerve with people? Yeah, I mean, this is one that 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 I think it's important for us to talk about because it's been really, I think, top of mind for a lot of people, but it's not an easy thing to talk about. Um, the child you're talking about was nine-year-old Sarabi Medina. She was she was killed over over the past weekend in Portage Park. According to authorities, she was outside with her family riding a scooter. She had just gotten ice cream from the ice cream truck when she was shot and killed. Um, I, I every time a child is shot, anytime anyone is shot, but but it's just such a horrific right. tragedy. I think the thing that has really stunned and taken people aback is that I think we are unfortunately kind of used to in Chicago. We hear sometimes the stories of children who are 
caught in the crossfire or get hit by a stray bullet when someone else is targeted. This was a case where it it appears, and based on what police and prosecutors are saying, this child was targeted. That 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 uh, you know, I covered the bond court hearing for her alleged killer, Michael Goodman, uh, who lived in an apartment building across the street from where uh, Sarabi lived with her family. Prosecutors in the bond court uh, hearing described him like basically calmly stepping out of the building where he lived, holding a gun, walking across the street straight to this little girl and shooting her. And so, you know, I, I don't think we ever want to be in a situation where we're comparing or stacking tragedies up against each other. But there's something that really sort of shocks the conscious and is like horrifying to think about to have somebody, you know, allegedly intentionally killing a child. And the other tricky thing is, you know, again, according to police, that the alleged killer here, he didn't have a criminal record. We don't know yet if there was any sort of mental health flags uh, in his past, which is to say that there's maybe nothing in our system set up that even like could have possibly prevented him from getting a gun based on how things are set up here. I mean, it seems like there were no uh, flags in his background to say that he would have been capable of something like this. Yeah, I think the reason we talk about a story like this is just to acknowledge the tragedy of it. And I, I think the tragedy anytime that, as you said, that that someone is shot and killed, but that when children are killed, there is this feeling of why can't these kids just be kids? What is what is whether what are the circumstances here that are preventing our kids in Chicago from from being able to have sort of that healthy and safe situation. And it is, um, it, it is, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. Uh, and so I think, I think that's why we talk about it, right? We talk about it just to, just to acknowledge how, how terrible it is. Um, but we will hopefully find out more details, you know, as the, about, about the alleged shooter as the prosecution unfolds. I mean, as you say, it's sort of this is just one of those really tough ones where it's like, what more like what else are we going to learn that's going to that we can like take away from this? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's one where I've struggled with, you know, I'm editing our criminal justice desk right now and I've struggled with sort of like what coverage should this get? You know, and I I'm the one who said I think we should talk about this today, not to say that, you know, maybe you might have brought it up, too. But but I wrestle with that, too, because. Sometimes I wonder, like, what is the value of spending time on a story that that all there is to say about it is this is a horrific act. Like, what does that do for us as a, as a society? I don't mean we should pretend it didn't happen, but I, I, I don't even know what there is to learn from this situation except for that horrible things. I don't. Yeah, I actually don't even know what the what what to take away from this besides that it's absolutely horrible and, and tragic. Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patient smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you could transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. 
Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. Mina, you mentioned flooding earlier. We talked about climate change, but another big concern we saw this summer was heat uh, and extreme heat. And uh, our friends over at the tribe have been doing some reporting around how Chicagoans are prepared or are not prepared uh, to, to handle extreme heat. What what did they find? Yeah. So essentially, we're getting more extreme heat in Chicago, like other cities and and places across the country. And so we've got lawmakers and and community leaders here who are really ramping up efforts to protect residents, and particularly those people in at-risk communities. And so the Tribe article talks about how um, this national organization, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Ad- uh, administration is doing a, a heat study, um, and they're they're looking to find find out where the heat islands are in Chicago, um, and they're going to be publishing that data soon and giving it to the city. You know, there are also just community leaders across the city who are saying the city isn't doing enough to um, to protect people against extreme heat. Um, I believe in the story it said that there were only six cooling centers. And um, and only one of them is open 24 hours. That was the one on, on South Kedzie Avenue in Garfield Park. Um, and so, you know, people are saying that's just not enough. Like, we need to start thinking about this now. As this is all going on, community groups are stepping in to fill the gaps. Like, they're, my, my, uh, my block, my hood, my city is one of them. They are handing out, you know, free fans and water. Plenty of other groups are doing the same thing. Um, and so just like the flooding concerns, we we have extreme heat that's only going to get worse. And there are a lot of people in the city who are who are saying, okay, we need to we need to better prepare for this. Um, and we've we've seen it this summer. I mean that we've had some really hot days. It's hard reading these stories and realizing that there's just so much is going to change in our lives as a result of climate change. And and we really need to be prepared. And I think that's really part of the big reason why the, the tribe is reporting on this and why we all should be reporting on this is we need to be proactive. Yeah. And the great so that that story from the tribe that you mentioned, Mina, um, it does have a lot of really good information about, you know, a what cooling resources are available, but also like when you're sweltering in your apartment and you don't have AC, you know, here's here are some tips for like just just get keep your body cool so that you can stay healthy enough to to do what you need to do, you know what I mean, to the best of your ability, which is super useful information. And so I highly recommend uh, folks check it out. Um, well, after uh, a series of somewhat depressing stories, even before we get to good news, uh, Patrick, you're bringing us a story that um, is, a, is, also, is also a little more optimistic and I think uh, fun for folks um, because Simone Biles was in the area recently, uh, Olympic gymnast. Uh, what, what was she here for and what happened? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's really cool. Simone Biles uh, made her triumphant return to competitive gymnastics here uh, in Hoffman Estates over this past weekend. She had taken a two-year break. Uh, from competitive gymnastics, um, 
returned uh, to, to competing uh, at a meet in, in Hoffman Estates, dominated. She finished first in three of the four events that she was in. But then, so so she's amazing and incredible just, just on her own. One thing that really stood out to me, uh, my colleague Chip Mitchell actually went out to the arena uh, and talked with young gymnasts who were there to watch her. And, and he talked to preteen gymnasts who, who were just like blown away, like starstruck by her, talked about like, not when she she waved in their direction at one point one of them said and they were like star you know stuck struck dumb Aww. by by her waving but the thing that i thought was really cool was he talked to a couple of them and they weren't just impressed by her they weren't just inspired broadly by her those things are true because she's in, she's the most decorated gymnast ever and she's incredibly impressive but they they took away really really valuable lessons i mean one one girl told told chip that she took the lesson away that it's okay to like step away and take a break that like you shouldn't let pressure get to you too much. And that if you need a mental break, that's okay. And you can come back even stronger after that. Another girl talked about, you know, they're, she's a black gymnast and how important it was to her, for her to see, to see somebody who looked like her, not just participating, but dominating and how, how that gave her strength when other people, she felt, she feels sometimes like people don't think she belongs in, in, in a gym or, or belongs in the sport. And she can look to, the best to ever do it as as proof that she does. Uh, so I I thought that was just just a pretty amazing story. Yeah, it's a real, as you said, a, a very triumphant return. Biles had uh, had stepped away uh, after withdrawing from several competitions in the 2020 Tokyo Olympics to to protect her mental and physical health. The idea that somebody who is that accomplished and so at the top of her game and so good at what she does sometimes has to say, hey, we need to we need a break then to in addition to seeing the break happen to see her come back and dominate with such authority yeah. <laughs> in the competition and uh let's be honest Simone Biles just a delight to watch Every single day, every single week, we always try to end every show with a little bit of good news. Mina, what is your good news that you'd like to share with the people? So my good news is about this roller skating group in Humboldt Park that I wrote about this week. I just thought it was such a fun, sweet, lighthearted story. They meet up in the park and they get together and roller skate around. And it's it's just a way to... Um, you know, to get some exercise or to learn how to skate. It's for people of all ages. Um, it was, this group was founded by this woman three years ago um, at the start of the pandemic. She was just really wanting a creative physical outlet. And it's just grown into this like really beautiful community um, organization. And they're having their second skate jam Friday night, 5 to 8 p.m. in Humboldt Park, right by Little Cubs Field. And there's going to be lessons provided by some skate instructors, some raffles. And um, it just seems like it's going to be such a great time. Some DJs and, you know, I know roller skating is kind of taking off in Chicago and in other parts of the country. And uh, I just I I love that um, people are getting together to do this sport. I love this story. Uh, earlier this summer, Jacoby and I went out with his mom, uh, who is yeah, like a, a like a champion roller skater. <laughs> yeah, we went to went to uh, MLK uh, skating rink uh, on the south side, and uh, I got a little bit of a lesson. It was way harder than I expected it to be, but super fun. 
But Jacoby and I were talking about how, you know, the skating rinks and sort of the rink culture, a lot of that is concentrated on Chicago's South Side. So really cool to read about a West Side group uh, who is also out here um, making skating accessible and available and teaching folks. So, you know, maybe go listen to the episode and like, you know, learn how to learn how to balance a little bit via audio. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great idea. That's a good point, too. You're totally right. This is like new for the Northwest side. We don't really have skate groups like this. So it's really cool that that it's over in Humboldt Park. Yeah, um, love to see it. And uh, again, also love that it's outdoors because summer is not ending no yeah. it's not we still Ex- have summer left exactly yeah we're we're willing summer to uh continue <laughs> absolutely uh patrick what's your uh good news you'd like to share well you know what i'm gonna blow up mina's spot here uh and my spot i guess a little bit because it's a thing that i'm thinking about a lot more than anything in the news which is that you know so mina and i are, are married and mina is pregnant and she's gonna give birth in less than two months and we're very yeah. excited about that baby coming i think <laughs> when the baby comes that- <laughs> thank you that'll Thanks. be the official end of our summer will be in you know yeah. less than two months it hasn't but, uh, really felt like much of a summer in a way <laughs> Yeah, I guess being pregnant is not that fun when it's not yeah. out, but or maybe ever. But uh, very, very excited about that, and and uh, uh, honestly, that's taking up most of my mental mental space. Yeah, uh, right for now. sure. Yeah, it is for me too. It is really <laughs> exciting. We're excited. <laughs> what has been uh, the most surprising or uh, memorable uh, moment over the past uh, eight months for you guys? Ooh, boy. Surprising and memorable. You know what? So they do this thing. Uh, I say they do this thing like I know what it used to be like, but they do like 3D imaging when they when you get an ultrasound yeah. now. And uh, it's both absolutely amazing and like dumbfounding to see a picture of what you're the the fetus in there looks like and also it looks you know because it's all wet in there and it's weird and it looks really sometimes <laughs> can look freakish and you're like wait are we having some sort of monster alien yeah baby? it's like a melted cheese baby we'll love that melted cheese baby if if we do yeah. it, if that's what she looks <laughs> we, like but we will we will be a, a little concerned but we will <laughs> we will still love her yeah i have like very distinct memories of like my parents showing me just the regular ultrasound picture right of like you know, from, from when my mom was pregnant with me and then like having friends recently who have been pregnant and have done the 3d imaging and being like, Oh, we live in the future. Yeah, <laughs> We do. Well, so cute. Congratulations. So happy for you both. And so happy, uh, Mina that, uh, you know, everything is going well. And, uh, thank you. you know, obviously. Thank you. Uh, my good news that I want to share with the people is something that I should have come up with before right this second. Um, okay. My good news that I want to share yeah. is um, is actually something I'm looking forward to do this weekend uh, is I am going to take the best nap on Saturday. Let me tell you, Love I'm that. planning this out ahead of time. Let me tell you what's going to happen on Saturday. <laughs> I'm wow. I'm so excited for I'm, you I'm really and for this. this. I want to hear more. <laughs> so so I I am going to. It's been a stressful week, and here's what's going to happen: is I'm going to sleep in on Saturday. Maybe it'll like nine ten, right? I'm going to sleep in. I'm going to go treat myself to breakfast at Tweet, which is right here in Uptown. I'm going to eat a big breakfast, and then I'm going to go walk back home and go right back to bed and take a nap. I love That's that. what's going to happen on Saturday. That is yeah. my entire Saturday plan. 
God. Uh, I'm really excited about it. And it is so the thing good. I am most looking forward to this weekend is taking a very big, very full post-breakfast nap. That, that sounds incredible. Sounds so good i'm like <laughs> should i be planning out my naps more <laughs> i think you should i highly recommend it i highly i plan out my naps all the time <laughs> yeah that's wow i mean i my world has changed <laughs> mina patrick thank you both so much for joining us and breaking down the news it was great talking with you as always thank you it's been a, it's been a blast thank you so much it's been great That's it for today here on CityCast Chicago. Our newsletter editor is Sydney Madden. Our producer is Grant Irving. Music is by Sam Thousand, All the Kimonos, and Mark Greenberg from the Mayfair Workshop. If you're not yet signed up for our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago, you are really missing out, especially if you love photos of dogs. We're featuring several pups belonging to Hey Chicago readers. Make sure you sign up at chicago.citycast.fm. And while I have you dog lovers here, can you tell us what are the best dog-friendly spots in the city? Text us at 773-780-0246. Our host, Jacoby Cochran, will be back on Monday when he and I are breaking down the biggest stories of the summer. We'll talk to you then. Very personal, but oh, birth yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Mina. Yeah, yeah. It it's not going to make the homepage of WBEZ or Block Club, but in our hearts, it will. <laughs> it might make the headline. You don't know yet. We'll find out. We'll, we'll see how it yeah, goes. Yeah, we'll see.